0: Hey, this is Kendra. You're listening to the River of Life podcast. We hope that you are blessed by this message. For more information on our church, check us out online at riveroflifelondon.com. So, this morning, we're starting a new series called Get Out From Behind the Screen. I want to read to you just a moment some statistics that I think are very powerful. In um For those of you who are like analog, like me grew up in analog, you're probably like, man, I'm glad that texting is over. And for those of you like under 25, you're going, man, finally, that was a message I could understand, right? I mean, I I can relate that. Would he just keep quiet and keep texting? But there's something happened in 2007 that changed the world. Steve Jobs released the first iPhone. And then in about 2012 the, the psychologists say that if you chart the mental health the emotional health of individuals in America that there was a lot of you know there's always anxiety there's always depression there's things going on 2012 it went and that's the moment when over 50% of Americans owned a smartphone so let me read you some things in, in the year 2000 Before the digital revolution, our average attention span was 12 seconds, and it's now 9. So I've already lost like 90% of you. Nine (laughs) seconds is our average attention span. Nine, like a goldfish has more than that, right? Rates of teen depression and suicide have skyrocketed since 2012. Those who spend more time than average on-screen activities are more likely to be unhappy. Individuals who spend a lot of time on social media are more likely to feel lonely. The more time spent looking at screens, the more likely to report symptoms of depression. So we have unhappiness, loneliness, depression. Those who spend three hours a day or more on electronic devices are 35% more likely to have a risk factor for suicide. Now, before you start going three hours, there ain't no way I spend three hours on... Just wait. The average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Now, you think that's impossible, but as you're scrolling, it's one, two, three, four, five... Two thousand six hundred seventy for two and a half hours a day, for a total of seventy six sessions a day. So at least seventy. The average iPhone user looks at their phone for at least seventy six times, and of those seventy six times, there's, you know, it's not just opening it up it's that it's spending time on it. The average person spends seven hundred and five hours per year on social media, and two thousand. 737 and a half hours per year on TV now if you start doing the math that's a lot of television guys one one definition of addiction is this the relentless pull to a substance or an activity that becomes so compulsive it ultimately interferes with everyday life and I would argue that many of us have an addiction to our phones you're gonna I can always lay it down brother I challenge you to prove me wrong. I challenge you one day this week, just one day this week, leave it in a drawer. Go to work, spend your whole day, don't look at it. Some of you are already going, (sighs) cold sweat coming out. You starting to get the shakes. I don't know about that. A whole day. But just think about it. I carry one in my pocket all day long. In addition to all that, we know that We have keyboard warriors that are always trying to solve all the world's problems with this Facebook post is gonna change everybody's mind. Boom, there I said it, the world has changed, right? And there's so much going on on social media. Man, and you just open it up and there's like every other post is anger. Every other post is division. It's taken aside, it's putting somebody else down, it's doing all this stuff. And then on top of social media and on top of TV and all that stuff, and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Netflix, Amazon Prime, cable TV, whatever, video games. There's all these other things in our life that are trying to distract us. All these other things pulling in our attention. And this this morning, the title of the message is paying attention because there are all these things pulling at our attention. Now, before you start thinking, man, this whole sermon series is going to be about taking my phone away from me. That ain't it, okay? Um, Because, listen, I work in a high school and one of our assistant principals is here with us today and she can testify this. There is no more visceral reaction than when we tell a kid, we're going to take your phone for a day. Man, they will to give up a kidney before they give up a phone. So I understand what you're going through right now. So I'm not coming after your phones, okay? What I'm coming after, what the Lord is calling us to do, is pay attention to where we're giving our attention. At the very first of the year, if you remember that the, we felt like the Lord was speaking to us this word focus. And focus and attention are a lot of the same things. And so there's all these things in our, in our life that are vying for our attention, but where do we pay our attention? Where do we give our attention? Because what we give our attention to is very important, as we, we're going to see. So if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. There's a scripture that says this, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And we all with unveiled face Beholding or giving attention to or focusing on or gazing at the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So here's the big idea this morning what you give your attention to is the person you become. What you give your attention to is the person you become. So this is what the scripture is saying. It's saying beholding, gazing at, giving our attention to the Lord is when we become more like him because we're giving him our attention. So here's one of the questions I want to ask us this morning. Where are we giving our attention? Who are we giving our attention to? We see this played out because, so, so, you know, you, you have people, going back to social media, we have whatever this is really social media uh influencers that get paid money and if you think it's a joke it's they get paid millions of dollars because here's what companies find out if i can get this person to wear my t-shirt i'll sell a million of them because we're giving that person our attention we, we give a an athlete our attention so much that we want to wear his jersey or we are watching a movie and and our favorite actor or actress wears something we got to go out and get it right you, you remember um, a pretty woman and so julia roberts wore this brown dress with white polka dots for those of you like you're 20 years old you have no idea what i'm talking about but also every woman in america had a brown dress with white polka dots right because julia roberts wore the dress and so what we're giving our attention to, so we become that way and so listen guys that's why another reason, we talked a little bit about this last week, it's another reason why we don't want to hold grudges. Here's why. Because if we're giving our attention to the person who has hurt us, guess who we become like? If we're giving that person our attention and we're giving that person our focus, we end up becoming just like the person that we don't want to be like. So who's, who are you giving your attention to? See, attention is a lot like currency. And what I mean by that is, we walk in a store and you've got 20 bucks. You decide what's valuable to you. You decide what you're going to spend the 20 bucks on. There's all kinds of things in the store, but you know what you want. Attention is, places value on a person or a thing. And here's what I mean by that. So guys, fourth quarter of the football game, it's a close game. It's, game's tied, your team has the ball. They're coming down the field, they're in the red zone, and your wife comes in and says, I'd really like to talk about something that happened at work today. In that moment, you decide what's important. And if you think you can go like, I'll have an eye on her and an eye on the game, that does not work. Or if you're cooking supper and you know that dinner needs to be ready by, you know, five o'clock, whatever, and your child comes in and his mom at school, I'm going to tell you what this drama happened. This girl said this, and uh, in that moment, you decide what's more valuable. Whoever you or whatever you give your attention to is what's most valuable in your life, and it's a moment by moment thing. And so all these things that are vying for our attention, all these things that are coming against us and trying to get us to look at it and and to pay our attention to them are competing with the things that are really important in our lives. So what are you paying attention to? There's a poet named Mary Oliver that said this. She said that attention is the beginning of devotion or it's the beginning of worship. So whatever I give my attention to, is gonna turn into worship. Now, you're thinking, I don't worship my phone. I don't worship the TV. Just take a quick inventory. How much time have you spent this week on your phone or on your TV, and how much time have you spent with the Lord? Don't answer, don't say it out loud. And sometimes, do we find, do you ever find this? Because this is true, I'll sit down to spend time with the Lord. And I've so okay, I got this hour and my mind's going poof, 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 poof. It's all over the place. What I gotta do tomorrow, what's happening over here, what's happening and, and and you know why? Because the muscle memory of our mind has been trained to be scrolling and looking and going from this to this and, and flashing lights and things moving, and, and it takes us sometimes a while to settle down into just focusing on the Lord. So we have all these things that are competing with our attention. Some of them, realistically, demand our attention. So if you've got a a three-month-old, that guy or girl is going to demand your attention. And you have to give them your attention. You you can't say, I'll I'll see you tomorrow, right? Uh, When you go to work tomorrow, there's things going to demand your attention. There's going to be things that you have to do if you're going to keep your job. You have to... Give them your attention, but then think about all those hours. Like, like I talked about, the statistics that we spend on TV, on our phone, playing video games, watching movies. That's the time when we make decisions about what gets my attention. Th- those are the times when we make decisions that tv never demands your attention now maybe if you work and you have to be accessible by your phone i get that but there's a lot of other things and before i go much further about talking about the phone social media i don't want you to think like i'm anti-social media we have a ministry department i have a ministry team here That Their primary focus is being on social media and we ask you this morning to share the, the live stream So you don't think I'm being hypocritical. I mean there there are Advantages and there's value to that but what I'm saying is if it gets all of our attention it gets all of our focus We're losing opportunities To be with the Lord, right? So let's look at some models this morning of how we can maybe pull back or maybe what this is all about So we're going to talk about peter we're going to talk about a little bit about paul and we're going to talk about jesus so we know the story matthew chapter 14 where jesus sends his disciples out on the boat and he says he's going to go up on the mountain and pray and they're out there and this big storm comes and when jesus comes walking on the water and they're all freaked out because they think he's a ghost and then peter gets this crazy idea jesus if you'll just say the word i'll come out there and walk with you And Jesus says, yeah, come on, and he's walking, and what does the Bible say? As long as he's focused on Jesus, he's fine, but then he begins to look at the wind and the waves and the storm, and he begins to sink. And Jesus is asking us this morning, would you give me your attention? Would you keep your attention on me? I know there's a lot of storms and and so some of you this morning your storm may be a financial thing that's come up that you just don't know how you're going to get out of your storm may be a diagnosis that you or some family member has recently received and it looks terrible maybe you're consumed with covid maybe you're consumed with what's going on in washington or frankfurt or all these other things and there's all this storm that's brewing and here's what jesus teaches us through this he wasn't really teaching us how to walk on any of y'all ever walked on water Man, if you did, I was just going to step down and let you come right up here. So the point wasn't that he wanted us to learn how to walk on water. He was teaching us, focus on me. Regardless of what's going on in your life, because if we get so consumed with this and so consumed with this, and we're not giving Jesus our attention, we're going to sink. That's the message of that story. But as long as we keep our focus on Jesus, regardless of what's going on in our life, we're going to be fine, and Jesus is going to see us through this. Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's telling us the way that you finish, the way that you finish strong, the way you get to the finish line, the way that you throw off all those things that are bothering you is you focus on Jesus. Don't look at the problem. So many times we're so, more, so much more focused on the problem than we are Jesus, who is the answer to the problem. And Satan wants us to spend all of our time thinking about, meditating on, worrying about the problem, worrying about the storm, worrying about the thing that's so bad when Jesus said, just keep your eyes on me, right? Yeah. Keep your eyes on me. So Jesus, in Luke chapter 5, it says this, that he... Often or he withdrew often to the lonely places to pray Now Jesus didn't have social media to deal with But he had crowds So let's go back to Matthew chapter 14 the story about Peter. So there right before that Jesus said Jesus found out about his cousin John the Baptist being beheaded and he tries to go away to a quiet place by himself But the crowds won't let him They keep following so he ends up feeding like 15,000 people with uh, a, like a little fish dinner. Little boy has some fish, has some loaves, and he feeds, it says, 5,000 men plus their wives and their kids. And so the next morning, what does he do again? He puts the, he puts the disciples on the boat and says, go on, I'm going to go up on a mountain. I'm going to go off to myself in a quiet, lonely place and spend some time with God. And so Jesus is modeling for us that sometimes we need to unplug. We need to go analog. S- sometimes we, we need to get away. So let me just, another, I want to throw out another question. When's the last time you were really, really unplugged? Went away. Just got to be with the Father. One of the spiritual disciplines of the church for thousands of years has been silence and solitude. This idea that you need to spend some time regularly alone, away from all the distractions, away from all the noise, away from everything that's pulling at you, and just get alone with God. And we see Jesus do this. Listen, if Jesus had to do it, man, how much more do we have to do it? And so some of you, the whole idea of getting quiet and getting alone and not having your device or your phone or your TV is a little nerve wracking. I, 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 I'm old enough to remember what it's like to be bored. Now, if you're like under 25, you have no idea what I'm talking about i'm talking about driving from london to daytona beach with no cell phone no videos no ipad nothing just eyes bleeding in the back of the car of a station wagon with the windows rolled down because the air conditioner probably won't get it done and like 15 hours in the back seat of nothing so you make up games like the alphabet game let who can find the games on, the, on all the alphabet on the back license plates or or uh you know you count Volkswagens I don't know like I'll take blue you take red how many bugs can we count and who gets 50 the first what, whatever so you guys like you drive from here to Corbin it's like and, and you so you, you know whoever's driving goes did you see that deer no did you see that over no sometimes it's good just to get quiet and get alone with the Lord, and Jesus taught us that. In the book of Luke, it says Jesus withdrew at least nine times. Nine times he withdrew just to get alone. And it seems like from reading through the scriptures, the busier and the crazier his life got, the more often he would withdraw. We said a couple of weeks ago or so that if we want really to, to have the results of Jesus, we need to live like Jesus. One of the things that Jesus did was he withdrew. He got alone with his father. got quiet before the father. So, so what do we gain from this? What, what do we really gain from getting alone with the Lord? What do we gain from unplugging? What, what do we gain from putting away some of our devices for a little while and just getting alone with God? In Psalms chapter 16, it says this. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. So focus, he's giving his attention to the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, first of all, when I focus on Jesus, when I'm focused on him, when I'm giving him my attention, my heart will be glad. There will be joy that rises up in my heart anxiety will start to disappear and joy will come into my heart worry will dissipate and joy will come into my heart the more i spend my time focusing on jesus the the less worry anxiety dread will be there and the more joy will come into my heart and the bible says this that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so what happens next he says my mouth will rejoice Out of my mouth will come rejoicing. Out of my mouth will come worship. Out of my mouth as my heart changes My mouth will begin to say things That honor the Lord My mouth will begin to speak faith My mouth will begin to speak things of the Lord And the glory of the Lord Rather than my mouth always complaining Or talking about how bad things are Or talking about the problems of the world Or talking about the last thing That was on the 24 hour news feed That totally blew my mind My mouth will begin to rejoice As my heart changes Because I'm focused on Jesus So if I'm focusing on Jesus, guess what I'm going to talk about? Jesus. And then it says my body will find rest. Anybody need some rest? So the jitters start going away. The anxiety starts going away because I've been focusing on Jesus. I just wonder John Mark Comer had this in a book I just recently read. It says, The noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we need most. So every time that we have a quiet moment, I, I'm, I'll just, I, recently I took my mom to the doctor in Lexington and we got into the waiting room and we had to wait. And I looked around the room and every person in the room, except me. They were, and the only reason I wasn't, because I was on like 7%, and I wanted to save my battery. Okay? So don't think I was got it all holy. I'm uh, just being honest with you, all right? But, but here's the thing. How many times when we have a moment, how many times when we have a moment that's like that, are we missing an opportunity for prayer? I've got five minutes here while I'm waiting in line at the, you know, instead of like, okay, I'm waiting at the bank and line at the drive-thru, I've got five minutes. Instead of, what if we just start praying? Lord, bless this person in front of me in line. God, if they don't know you, save them. Lord, just bless it. Or just begin to pray. Or just begin to spend time with the Lord. Every moment that we have that instead of going straight to the thing in our pocket or our purse, What if we start just concentrating on the Lord? How many times do we forfeit hearing what the Lord is saying over us? You know the Bible says the the Lord sings over us. He speaks over us. How many times do we forfeit hearing in our ears and our minds and our spirits and our hearts what God's speaking over us and what he's speaking to us because we're more concerned with how many likes and shares we got on our last post? Because at that moment, we're more concerned about what all those people out in the social media land think about us. What does God think about me? And you know, sometimes sitting quietly before the Lord is just listening to what Jesus is saying to us. Just hearing him say, I love you. Hearing God say, I'm with you. Hearing God say, I'm for you. In Psalms 27, David also wrote this. He says, One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever or all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So he says, this this is what I want. I want to be able to gaze upon the beauty or the glory of the Lord and inquire of him. And sometimes we skip over, when we get our prayer time, we skip over that first part. We skip over that part of gazing at his beauty and we go straight to inquiry. But if we go back to what the first scripture we read in 2 Corinthians is, whatever we gaze at is who we become like. And so maybe... If you look at your life, and most of us would say this honestly, I'm not as much like Jesus as I'd like to be. Maybe I need to spend more time gazing at Him. Maybe I need to spend more time focusing on Him and not the storms around me, not the problems in my life, but I need to focus on Him. Maybe I need to quit looking at what so-and-so is wearing and where so-and-so is going and what so-and-so is singing and just say, Jesus, I want to look at you today because I want to be like you. I just want to be like you. And so we gaze on him. And so some of you, that may sound a little weird. How do I gaze on Jesus? How do I, how do I gaze on him? Let's, let's think about Jesus for a moment. You know that, that feeling when you come over the rise and you see the ocean for the first time? It's powerful. It's huge. It's beautiful. That's how we ought to feel when the, we gaze into Jesus. Ever been to the Grand Canyon and you look over it and you go, wow, that's how we ought to feel when we gaze upon Jesus? Someone has a brand new baby, baby's born, it's like miraculous. Look at this baby, that's how we ought to feel when we gaze at Jesus. And if you don't know how to do that, I, I just it's a couple quick pointers. Look, read through. Some of Revelation. I know there's a lot of scary stuff in there, but there's some great descriptions of God sitting on his throne. There's some great descriptions of Jesus. And just read those and just begin to meditate on what he looks like. Read through the Gospels. And as you read those stories, don't just read through them. Really look at Jesus as what he's doing in those stories as he's loving on people, as he's healing people, as he's delivering people. Just really gaze on the beauty of that and the power of of that and just spend time and then it says that then the second part after I gaze upon the Lord then I begin to inquire and as we begin to gaze on him focus on him then we will begin to know him and become more like him and then we can pray from that place rather than just always going to him about I need I need I need I need I need right so we become more like him the more time we focus on the more li- we become like him The more we focus on him, the more we'll be victorious over the winds and waves in our life. Like Peter, right? The the more we gaze upon him, the more we'll know how much he loves us. We'll hear his voice speaking over us. The more we gaze upon him, the more we give him our attention, the, the stronger we will become in finishing this race that God's called us to against the sin and all the things in our life that's trying to get our attention, we'll become victorious in that. So just let me encourage this guy. I'm not telling you to go home, throw your phone away. I'm not telling you to throw your TV out the window. There's probably some good football games on today. (laughs) I'm just saying when we have that opportunity to choose, let's think a little bit more about what we're choosing. And think about how much time we're really spending gazing on the beauty and the glory of our Lord. How much time are we getting away and shutting everything out, turn the radio off, turn TV off? Don't we live in a world where like silence is so uncomfortable? I mean, you're home by yourself. You feel like you've got to turn something on just so there's noise. And maybe the Lord's calling us to some time just to withdraw like Jesus did to spend time with him. Amen. Would you stand with me?